Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. They answered him, We are the descendants of Abraham and have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean by saying, You will be made free? Jesus answered them, Very truly, I tell you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not have a permanent place in the household. The son has a place there forever. So if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. In our gospel this morning, Jesus tells his followers, you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. So what is the truth of the gospel? We know from the gospel of John that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the truth. In Jesus lives the truth that each one of us is loved, that the creator of the universe loved us so much that God took on flesh, came to earth, and lived among us. In his death and resurrection, Jesus gave us eternal life. That is the truth of the gospel, and it sets us free. Because like those who were first listening to Jesus, we might quickly forget all of the things that hold us captive. But when we live in the knowledge of God's love for us, we are free, free from the expectations of the world around us, expectations to look a certain way or be good enough or smart enough expectations to seek wealth or power or to change ourselves to be worthy of love. We are freed from all of that because we know we are already loved just as we are. And sin, well, that's anything, all the stuff that separates us from that truth or distracts us from that truth, or tries to sell us something similar to the truth, but not quite the gospel. Sin leads us away from fully experiencing the freedom of God's love. We miss out. We miss out when we think, God loves me, but there are no buts. We are loved. Today, we celebrate Reformation Sunday. The Reformation happened over 500 years ago, and yet we continue to celebrate it. And I think part of the reason we continue to celebrate it is because the story is so inspiring, how so much change could happen, how this cultural shift could take place and a movement occur, all from the Spirit working through Ordinary people. To review a few points of Reformation history, 
for those who didn't just finish their confirmation studies. In the Middle Ages, the church in some ways had stopped behaving like the church, the people of God. Sin was getting in the way of that gospel truth. Instead of being a place that freely shared the gospel and the good news of God's love and forgiveness, it was becoming a place that held on tightly to that power and used it sometimes to hurt others. Attempting to keep control and boundaries around that love and forgiveness. One of the ways the church did this was through the sale of indulgences which when purchased would shorten one's time spent in purgatory, selling quicker access to heaven by shortening one's time in the waiting room, right? (laughs) Besides putting a price on this forgiveness, it also begs the question, if the church had this sort of power, well, wouldn't you let everyone into heaven? Another way the church held on to its power is that The scripture texts were in Latin, which was a scholarly language, not the language of the people. So the Bible was just this mystery to most. Most people couldn't access God's word without a priest interpreting scripture for them, and many priests weren't even able to read scriptures for themselves. What is so compelling about the Reformation is Martin Luther and other reformers, Martin Luther wasn't the only one, saw the places where the church was failing to be the church, and they said something about it, and they did something about it. When Martin Luther read the Bible for himself, he encountered a God who loved unconditionally, a God of radical forgiveness, a God who wanted to be in relationship with people. And this didn't fit with what he saw the church doing. Martin Luther shared his concerns with the 95 Theses, even though speaking against the church was a dangerous thing to do. He also translated the Bible into German so that people could read it for themselves. And he promoted education for boys and girls so that everyone could have the ability to read, to read scripture. Now, Martin Luther was by no means perfect. He said vile things about anyone who disagreed with him, and people used his words in violent ways. But the Holy Spirit worked through him and the others to reform the church. Luckily, the Holy Spirit can work through people who aren't perfect. Now, the church isn't done reforming. The Holy Spirit continues to work in us and through us imperfect people to reform the church, pushing us to be more welcoming, more accepting, more embracing and radical with our love, to remind us that there are no exceptions, no buts to God's love. And just when we think we've figured it out, the Holy Spirit shows us yet another way that we can grow in our love for others. Today, we also celebrate confirmation. Woo! Or the affirmation of baptism. 
for five of our young people. Alyssa Senecal, Christopher Senecal, Haley Trudeau, Verena Welch, and Allie Wyatt. Tori Dumas is also a part of this class, but she couldn't be here today. Uh, she will be confirmed on December 5th. Now, when they were baptized, there were promises made for them. Their parents, their sponsors, the congregation promised to care for them in their lives of faith. And most importantly, God promised that they were sealed by the Holy Spirit and marked with the cross of Christ forever. That's a big promise for a young child. That's a big promise for anyone. And that promise doesn't go away. You don't have to renew it at the magical age of 15-ish. But... Confirmation is an opportunity to affirm your baptism, to boldly claim those promises, to remember the truth that sets us free. We should affirm our baptisms often. Now, it is actually the tradition of Emmanuel to have Confirmation Sunday on Pentecost. With the pandemic, the past two Confirmation Sundays have been moved the fall. And this year might be the first time in this congregation that confirmation is happening on Reformation Day. And I have to say, I kind of like it. Partly because Reformation Day is a very Lutheran day, a good day to confirm your membership to the Lutheran Church. And it's fall, so it doesn't feel like a graduation we don't want them going anywhere, right? They're supposed to stay here. <laughs> but most importantly, the reason I really like this day as the day to celebrate confirmation is the spirit of the Reformation. That knowledge that the Holy Spirit works through individuals to reform and transform the church. Like those reformers 500 years ago who stood up to the power of the church and said things and did things to make it better, to make the church more like a church, to make the church better truth tellers, sharing the good news of God's love. These young people, not to put all the pressure on you, but you are full members of the church. Your youth is a gift. You see and experiencing, experience things differently. You have stuff to teach us if we're willing to listen. You're not stuck in previous habits or expectations. You don't get too hung up on what's considered possible or impossible. You just have a beautiful vision of what the church could be. I first felt a call to ministry when I was in confirmation class. It's why confirmation is so close to my heart. And as our confirmands already know from hearing this story a few times, it was not a thrilling confirmation class for me. We were reading Luther's small catechism out loud, line by line, page by page. And honestly, I wasn't paying close attention to what was being read but it is when the Spirit first spoke to me and said, you could be a pastor. 
My call was that simple, but it never left me. So on this confirmation, reformation, celebration, Sunday, I want to say to you, confirmation students, and to all of you, because I don't think the Holy Spirit has an age limit, you could be a pastor. Or you could be a teacher. Or you can be an encourager. Or someone who shows their faith through service. You could be a counselor. You could even be a reformer. This is your church. The church needs you and the gifts that you bring to it. I asked our confirmation students before today to name at least one way they were excited to stay involved at Emmanuel now that their first and third Wednesdays of the month are free. And would you believe it, they are all planning to stick around, which is wonderful news for us. They want to help Emmanuel serve the community by giving their time to the John Street Soup Kitchen and Kids Express. They want to be part of youth group and continue to be friends with one another. They want to help lead worship on Sunday morning. And as one person said, I'm just excited to be involved because the church is like my home. Emmanuel is like family to me. I feel like I'm reading a really good book and I can't wait to see what happens in the next chapter because it's obvious that the Holy Spirit is alive and working in the lives of these young people, that the Holy Spirit is active and alive in the congregation of Emmanuel, and that the Holy Spirit is stirring up good things in the church universal. Even if we don't know exactly what the next chapter holds, our loving God knows, and we are in good hands. So today, we are celebrating a church that is still reforming. We are celebrating some ridiculously awesome young people. We are celebrating the gospel truth that sets us free and celebrating our shared baptismal promise. We are loved. We are sealed by the Holy Spirit and marked with the cross of Christ forever. Amen.